Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. So let's talk about David Eby and his announcement yesterday, and we previewed this on yesterday's show, the measures to try and get more nurses on the job, try to attract back some of those nurses who have left the profession. They come on, come on back to work. We need you. Yeah, 90-minute news conference. Oh, boy, seven speakers. That was a bit much. But, um, yeah, so uh, basically financial incentives for nurses to come here, waiving or or paying up front the $3,700-plus application fee for foreign-trained nurses, uh, $4,000 for nurses who've left the profession who want to come back, and a $10,000 bursary for nurses who need upgrading or um, higher education. So... And they also disclosed for the first time since they announced last April the first stage of this this program of foreign nurses, five thousand expressions of interest. Let's let's play that clip. Two thousand people actually in the in the in the hopper. Yeah, that that really jumped out at me too. So let's listen to what David Eby had to say on that yesterday. The number of foreign trained nurses interested in coming to BC. Have a listen to this. Since April 2022, a total of 5,500 nurses have said that they want to work in BC. 2,000 are in the registration and assessment process right now. Well, that's a lot. Wow. That, that is a lot. So mm-hmm. imagine if we put 2,000 nurses to work right now uh, in BC hospitals, which right now are at the busiest uh, pace they've been in for some, well, since before the pandemic. This has been the busiest month. More than 10,000 people are in hospital right now, patients. Um, about a th- almost a thousand of those people are in surge beds, which are beds that are not usually used, and they're in strange locations, oftentimes in hospitals like uh, hallways, closets, solariums, sunrooms. Uh, so it's a very busy time in BC hospitals. Now we're not going to get those two thousand people through the process because I gather it's a very bureaucratic process, and it can take. They're trying to, I think, reduce the the time to go through the process from a, from literally a couple of years down to four to nine months. Yeah. Um, uh, so, I'm, and I, I assume immigration's involved in this as well. Right. Uh, at the presentation yesterday, I think we heard from two foreign trained nurses from the, I believe, from the Philippines who talked about how easy it was in other countries to oh. go through the process. In New Zealand, for example, just like that, they could get work, whereas wow. it's taking a long time in Canada and BC. So, hopefully, some of these measures are going to work. Yeah. When he disclosed some of those numbers, the thousands of nurses who want to come here, and then the lengthy time it mm-hmm. takes to approve them, like two years to get this approval. Well, we're, we're screaming for people. We've got this shortage here, and we've got this bureaucratic red tape, delays yeah. two years to approve it. Like, come on. Yeah, let's so go. Some of it's the, the colleges take their time, but some of the rules have changed on that as well with, yeah. uh, with recent legislation. So again, it'd be interesting if they can get it down to a four to nine month process from a, from a couple of years. Okay, I know the liberals are already saying like we've been telling you to do this yeah. for months. Yep, um, Shirley Bond was out yesterday yeah. saying this should have been done long ago. Yeah, you could argue you have it, a should, point? it should have been done under the liberal watch well, as well. So yeah. I mean, the the the, the Crunch of human resources has been an issue for some time in healthcare. It didn't suddenly happen, but it's been exacerbated by the pandemic. You know, a number of healthcare workers off sick 
uh, on a weekly basis has almost doubled since before the pandemic. On any given week, it's about 15,000 healthcare workers report in sick, uh, as opposed to about nine, seven to 9,000 pre-pandemic. So this is a, an issue that's uh, really making a bad situation even worse. Let's talk about former Premier Glenn Clark as stepping down as the right-hand man for Jimmy Pattison over at his group of companies. He was the president, chief, chief operating officer there. So he's at his sort of retirement age. Said He mentioned he had, did an interview yesterday with Jazz Johal and CKNW yep. where he talked about the workload. You mentioned that yesterday, that he'd been working very hard working for Jimmy Pattison, looking for a break, but interested in getting back into public service. So let's have a listen to what he has to say here. Um, could David Eby hire him to a senior position in the Eby government? Have a listen to former Premier Glenn Clark here. I think most time people, you know, go into business and then go into politics. And so I'm kind of unusual into politics young and then went into business. But having, uh, having done uh, a pretty big stretch in, in both those areas, I mean, I do think I do have some some um, understanding, at least, of uh, of what it takes to both run a company and also to to understand the the political world. Your thoughts? Well, yeah, I've talked to Glenn. Um, you know, he doesn't want to retire. Uh, that job he had was a grueling job, flying all over the place constantly. Uh, he's got a lot to offer, and I notice I've also seen some former senior liberals weighed in saying, "Yeah, Evie should hire him. He's a good business person." Um, Bill Bennett, the former energy minister, took to Twitter praising him, saying okay. uh, the government should uh, hire him in some capacity. There's been speculation. I mean, we talked about this before. Does he come in uh, and be the CEO of BC Housing, which yeah. has got a vacancy right now? Uh, so, yeah, I'd, I think it'd be smart for Evie to give Glenn Clark something to do because uh, this is not the Glenn Clark of the 1990s, who I think probably became premier too early. Too young, made some mistakes, but he's been, you know, one of the top business people in BC, if not Canada, for the last twenty years. It's interesting that he had this very successful run in, in business with the, one of the top business titans in like the province, with Jimmy Pattison. At the same time, he's he continues to praise or say he's very proud of his background as a union organizer, and he's still like a very pro-union guy. Well, yes and no. <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't say he's as strong a union guy as he was in the nineties. Um, mm. Pattison Group did not necessarily. <laughs> uh, do what unions want to do. So, yeah. in fact, early on, I remember there was a famous story where a union, they, the Patterson Group wanted concessions from a union, and the union phoned uh, Ken Giorgetti, the then president of the Federation of Labor, and said, do you think they're serious? And he says, oh, yeah, Glenn Clark is serious, and they had to give concessions. So, oh, so was, Clark Clark was the point man looking yes, for concessions yeah, from the union. Well, Clark okay. is a business guy. I yeah. mean, this is what people forget. This forget he had a, he had a minor stint as a painter's union organizer. Right. That was that was like a tiny little part of his life. It was mostly politics yeah. and then business. So again, I would be surprised if EB did not give him something to do. Okay, EB was on the Simi Sarah show this morning and Simi played a clip for him uh, mm -hmm. of Clark and said, what do you think? Are you interested in hiring him? And EB's answer was, well, you know, Glenn has a lot to offer and I'm glad to hear this and I'm happy to hear he wants to volunteer to help us. And <laughs> I was thinking... I'm not sure he's looking to volunteer. I think he's looking for a cash money paid well, job. Well, you know, I'm, I don't think money's a big deal for Clark. He's made a lot of money under Jimmy Pattison. He could. Well, he's not going to be a dollar a year man right. working for EB, or maybe he would be. Maybe I don't know. Who, who knows? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I think he'd be looking for a, a you know a, a high salary. Well, I'm not sure the money thing is really 
what's driving Glenn Clark right now. I think he generally wants to get into public service, and I don't think salary is going to be a big issue for him. Okay, that's going to be interesting to watch what happens there. Okay, let's talk about the Three Amigos Summit here. So Justin Trudeau now on the ground in Mexico, U.S. President Joe Biden, the Mexican president, the summit that's underway, and a lot of issues on the table here, including, interestingly, from Canada's perspective, yeah, energy development in Mexico. And this is a, a Mexican president who's been very interested in nationalizing a lot of energy production in Mexico. Canada doesn't like that. We've got Canadian energy companies down there. We've got a NAFTA deal. Have a listen to Trudeau here pointing out that this is a top priority for him at this meeting. I understand he wants to uh, put more of an emphasis on the state-owned energy uh, companies, but uh, it has to be done in a responsible way, in a way that understands that he's a part of NAFTA and he has to abide by those rules. Your thoughts? Well, it's going to be interesting how much uh, support Biden gives Trudeau on this. Uh, Trudeau versus Mexico is not necessarily going to be a winning hand, but uh, there's, as you say, lots of issues there. Biden's pressuring Canada to be provide a security force in Haiti, for right, example, yes. to stop all the asylum seekers going from Haiti to the United States. Yeah. Uh, the energy issue is an interesting one. I wonder if the Mexican president will throw back at Trudeau when you talk about state uh, owning of uh, resources. You bought a pipeline, mm. uh, the TMX pipeline. So uh, a lot of moving parts there. It's going to be fascinating for uh, to see the three amigos sit down and actually try to hammer something Do you out. think Canada, and when it comes to these type of summits, is sort of more or less along for the ride here? This is mostly a Mexico-U.S. summit. Mostly a Mexico-U.S. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. Share, they share a border. There's border issues between those two oh, countries. Oh, big time. That, that dwarf a lot of other issues. So it's going to be interesting whether Trudeau can even really be heard much on the energy issue. The other issue that's on the table for Trudeau is I'm sure he wants to talk to Biden and, and say, like, when are you going to visit Canada? Because remember, in, there used to be a tradition among U.S. presidents, their first foreign trip was typically Canada, to, yeah. to Canada. And that was a tradition that went way, way back. Uh, Trump never came to Canada. Biden has not visited Canada as president. you got to go back to Obama for the mm-hmm. last U.S. president who visited Canada. So I know that Trudeau wants Biden to come to Canada. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Biden does come. I mean, yeah. he's actually got a little wind in his sails right now. Uh, mm-hmm. He's up in the polls. He's riding a lot higher than he was. A lot of people thought he was. Uh, so he's looking. He hasn't come out and said he's definitely running for re-election. But uh, there was a time when there was a lot of pressure on him not to run. And uh, the polls have changed. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Keith Baldry is my guest. Baldry's beat. Lots of calls. Cameron in Vancouver. Hi, Cameron. Go ahead. Hi. One thing that jumped out about me uh, during the press conference yesterday was the fact that it's $4,000 to get a nurse accredited. That's outrageous. I'm a retired teacher, and I was looking at reactivating my license, and it would cost me like 300 bucks. So, and, you know, teachers make a little bit less, but about the same as a nurse. Why is it $4,000 to get a nurse accredited? That's outrageous. It's a great, yeah, great question. Great question. wasn't really answered yesterday. It's just that the $3,700 application fee will be paid up front by the government, but not an explanation why does it exist in the first place? What purpose does it serve? 
who gets that money. Well, somebody has to pay for all that bureaucracy for a two-year-long <laughs> wait. Yeah, so it's a, it's a, you know, it's a technical profession. Um, there has to be um, professional standards met. Yeah, I assume there's some assessment that goes on in some of the in the applications. Perhaps that's where some of the money goes. But that is a, that struck me as again, that's a rather high. Right, thing. and one of the things that EB explained yesterday was they did have an earlier program where they would reimburse a, a nurse who applied. Now they're saying they'll pay, pay the money up front. Up front. Yeah, so okay. helps with the cash flow. Rob in Chilliwack. Hi, Rob. Go ahead. Hi, good morning, guys. I haven't been on in a while. Happy New Year to you. Say, Mike, with regards to your uh, guests there in the F-35, uh, yeah. all I can say is thank goodness uh, whatever party, I'm not sure what she, who she belongs to, the far left there, as far as I'm concerned, thank God they're not in power because they, they would be waving the white flag. We need these jets. We have to be able to, these jets can communicate with each other, and we can't do that at this point. We are so far behind, and Quite frankly, this deal should have been done years ago. We we have the world's a great place, but it's also volatile. We need to be able to defend ourselves. And for her to say that America, well, yeah, guess what? Okay, you're thank, up there. Thank, thank you, Rob. Well, the guest was Tamara Lawrence, who's she's a peace activist, so she's not with any political party. Interesting, Keith. Like the NDP support this fighter jet purchase. Yep. So you know, if you want to talk about that party. They're not opposing it. No, so. it's it generally when it comes to military in Canada, there's not that really rabid anti-military uh, attitude among political parties. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now, some is, are more warm to the idea than others. But, this is uh, a lot of money. Like this is a 19 billion dollar price tag for these jets, and I don't know. Maybe well, hold the, on to your the money is always framed higher. framed against other spending priorities, yeah. and that's that's why it's always been a struggle to fund the military in Canada because healthcare and education those are the top priorities, or other programs. And fighter jets are seen as this sort of abstract thing that you know associated with Top Gun or something, and not part of your daily life. Let's go to Natalie in Port Coquitlam. Hi, Natalie. Go ahead. Good morning. Um, yeah, when I hear Glenn Clark of today being the head of uh, uh, BC Housing, I hear uh, more money being taken from paychecks and people's bank accounts to the benefit of developers and investors, just like the grocery store chains are doing. Um, BC Housing needs to be fixed, not to continue um, the way it's going now if Glenn Clark uh, takes the helm. Okay, interesting. Well, it's just speculation that, I mean, that was just one suggestion that's come up from time to time because there's an opening there. You know, yeah. it's not to say he's going to be doing that, but I've known Clark for a long time. I would think one thing he can do, and he, he's pointing this out, he knows how to run things. He yeah. knows how to, and one thing BC Housing just fell into this quagmire of not getting things done and Clark can get things done so maybe he becomes that, that position or maybe something else well I think the the caller raises an interesting point though if EB wants to have the optics of appointing like a, a corporate CEO from the private sector to run a social housing crown mm-hmm. yeah I'm not sure that's the, the best fit he's also got some Clark is still on the board of some of these Patterson companies so is that a potential conflict of interest if he goes to work for government yeah and I think he would he would uh, step down from the boards if that was a, if yeah. there was any conflict potential. So he's on, he's on the board of Canfor, the giant forest company, and West Coast Terminals, yeah. um, which you know pay nice paychecks. But I think he'd walk away from that if there was any conflict. Natasha in Langley. Hi, Natasha. Go ahead. Yes, I'm calling regarding the nurses. Yeah. Um, I used to work in the states and hired nurses when there was a crunch always with nursing. Um, their turnaround time was one or two years after they were hired. 
and we're talking about foreign nursing. It doesn't matter where they came from. Um, and so the retention was not there. They would take the bonuses and then do whatever needed to, et cetera. So I think we need to be careful about that. The second thing is, what about hospitals? We also need the hospitals. Is there any plans? Bringing the nurses in is fine, but what about the hospitals in each area with immigration growing every day? You mean like would these nurses go to work in these hospitals? Is that what you mean? Yes, and so we also okay. as Richmond would need a hospital because also immigration is going to happen. A lot of people are moving in, as yeah. the board suggests. Yeah. Where is that? I think that needs to go hand in hand. Thank you. 30 seconds. Well, hospitals are being built in some areas, but you know, or being expanded or modified. Burnaby General's got a big plan. St. Paul's Hospital's being replaced. Uh, so that's an ongoing issue. And color is a good point about immigration. Huge number of people about to come in, and that has impact on health care, housing, all right across the board.